0: Blog talk radio.
1: Hello, this is Gigabit Nation, Broadband Talk Radio. I'm your host, Craig Settles, and I want to thank you for taking time to be with us today as we provide useful information and insights to help public, private, and nonprofit organizations get more, better broadband everywhere it needs to be in the U.S. Um, recently, I completed a survey of economic development professionals to kind of get a handle on is there a correlation between telemedicine, superfast broadband, and economic development? And it was interesting to see that about 43% of those uh, surveyed via the International Economic Development Council indeed have made this a priority in their planning. Uh, and There's another significant chunk of folks who also are looking at it as a, as a, as a potentially serious um, a factor in the whole economic development picture. And I think this is important because a more attention needs to be placed on the role of using broadband to improve healthcare delivery, which is an easy concept for people to get, but to understand where this plays and how this impacts the economic development side is something that maybe people don't think about quite as often, but they should. So today, we're going to talk about all of these things, and I am happy to have met um, Warren Ribley, who is the Executive Director for the Illinois Medical District um, at a recent conference, and I just became really transfixed by how they're going about uh, bringing in broadband, tying together all these various medical resources, and what their plans are to have an impact that is both Uh, on the medical side, but also on the economic development side. And so, Warren, welcome to the show.
0: Well, thank you very much, Craig. It's a pleasure to uh, to join you this afternoon.
1: So let's jump right in and start with um, what is this uh, Illinois Medical District? What is this all about?
0: Yeah, the Illinois Medical District is uh, located uh, in Chicago, Illinois, just uh, two miles uh, west of the uh, Chicago Loop. Uh, We are a unit of local government. Uh, We have 560 acres, nearly a a square mile within our jurisdiction. Uh, And we are home to four major hospitals and two associated uh, medical universities, um, also home to the uh, Chicago Technology Park. The district was created in 1941, by an act of the state legislature, and has a threefold mission. One is to increase medical education opportunities at the highest degree levels, uh, to enhance uh, research opportunities uh, at those medical universities, uh, and then to commercialize technology and uh, create business uh, development opportunities. Uh, by taking that uh, research uh, to the marketplace.
1: So in some respects it's a fairly closed loop of, well, not closed like exclusive, but a, a, a loop that ties together, uh, I guess what they would call an ecosystem, if you will, of, of research, medical care, practical implementation, and ultimately products and services being built off of those successes
0: yeah that's exactly right and and again uh, we we believe it was very visionary when it was created back in nineteen forty one and uh certainly uh quite relevant uh yet today um, and yeah we could actually uh, can be viewed as um, not only a development uh, agency we certainly Um, focus on economic development, but also just through our role as a convener and and facilitator, sort of an independent um, uh, third party that can bring uh, the hospitals together uh, to coordinate research efforts, to coordinate uh, delivery uh, of care, and really provide sort of that uh, umbrella role. The the healthcare sector is a a vital sector uh, in the regional economy here in Chicago as it is uh, uh, countrywide, nationwide, and uh, is um, very important to the economic future of of the region and and Chicago being the the hub of the Midwest region. And then uh, on a more centralized basis, we really view – our role in the Illinois Medical District as the uh, the hub for healthcare innovation, uh, life science innovation uh, throughout the entire Chicago region.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, so as a part of, um, you know, I didn't realize you guys have been have been formed so long ago. But as a part of government. Um, are you insulated from the, you know, the, the trials, the tribulations, the hurly-burly of political life in Chicago that is so famed across America?
0: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, actually, you know, we've got great support among uh, several different units of government, and that, that, that's actually a, a good question. Uh, we are governed, even though we are a unit of local government, we have a seven-member Uh, Board of Commissioners, and of those seven members uh, four are appointed by the governor of the state of Illinois Two are appointed by the mayor of the city of Chicago, and the seventh member is appointed by the uh, president of the Cook County uh, board, so we have representation on our governance structure of of all three of the major units of government uh, in, in the region Uh, And it actually works um, quite well. The the current Board of Commissioners was uh, appointed uh, two years ago. Frankly, uh, the district had uh, sort of languished uh, for about the past uh, decade, and those three governmental leaders um, came together in a a united effort and said, look, there's a great um, opportunity that is being missed. Uh, by uh, having uh, lack of of, uh, leadership within the Illinois Medical District. So they appointed a a new board, all new seven members, and I was uh, hired to to come in as the executive director, really to start to realize the great potential that the district has.
1: Okay. So so what what year was this again? Uh,
0: 2012 in in, in April, so just uh, 27 months ago. So okay, so
1: this has been a fairly new revision. So let's talk about this um super network. You're you're you've got plans on the drawing board for what is a hundred gig network to to tie all of these various facilities together. Um I'd like to talk about like the, the, the genesis of this idea and and how far it's come along to to date.
0: Uh sure. So when we came into office in April of 2012, we, we realized that the first thing that we needed to do was really uh, establish uh, connections with the leadership of the four hospitals and the, uh, the medical universities. So we embarked upon uh, a, a quick-paced and aggressive strategic planning process. Uh, we hired the Boston Consulting Group, Uh, to facilitate that process. And uh, we did interviews with the uh, senior leadership um, of of the hospitals uh, and of some of the governmental leaders, uh, some of the community leaders, uh, the leadership of the universities, really to ask them to identify what role that we should play as the Illinois Medical District Commission. There were a number of initiatives that uh, came out of that process that uh, were all carefully uh, evaluated. Uh, We ended up with with four specific um, uh, strategies with a number of initiatives in each one of those um, uh, strategies. Uh, One of the four strategies was real estate and infrastructure development, and the lead initiative, and and really this was one of the very highest of the priorities uh, that uh, came out of that process, was uh, the need to expand uh, broadband services, uh, again, at at, at super fast uh, speeds. Now, that might be surprising uh, to a number of the listeners. Uh, again, we're in the city of Chicago, a world-class city, two miles from uh, the uh, business, uh, central business district. And as, as I'm sure you and many of your listeners know, uh, uh, broadband networks uh, throughout the country uh, typically uh, connect and, and crisscross uh, in the city of Chicago. Um, We are obviously right in the middle of the United States, and and like many of our other infrastructure transportation networks, uh, we are a a central hub. But what we found through that process and and talking to our hospitals and the universities was that we were essentially in a broadband desert in the middle of the city of Chicago. There was not access uh, to any uh, high-speed fiber, Uh, There was a a patchwork of of services that each of the hospitals independently deployed along with uh, the universities, and they clearly pointed out the need to have access to uh, super-fast broadband to move uh, their big files, to move data, uh, to provide for aggregation and analysis of data. Uh, that they could use for for research purposes and really just the ability to uh, interconnect and and share data from one institution to another. It simply was not possible. So uh, we uh, made uh, as a priority uh, the establishment of a fiber optic network ring to be installed uh, throughout uh, the district and Um, So we've we've taken the the early steps uh, uh, to do that, uh, again, to uh, recognize uh, a gap in a need that had been identified by our major partners.
1: Interesting. So it was a uh, part of a bigger effort, but definitely when one looks at infrastructure, uh, clearly in in your case you define broadband as infrastructure, which is becoming a common I guess, talking point among us in the industry is that, you know, if you, if you are thinking about infrastructure, uh, you've got to think about broadband. And if you think about broadband as an infrastructure, when you really start peeling away the covers, it's not great infrastructure in many places, including metropolitan areas where the expectation is that it is going to be great. Right? I mean, that's
0: kind of is the reality
1: of this, just the way things are
0: you're you're absolutely right i, I you know I think um, most people would commonly think well you know yeah in, in rural areas you might not expect to have uh the access and and to that last mile but uh, truly in um, even in urban areas um, we have found that um, i I previously served as uh, director of the economic development Agency for the State of Illinois, and we recognized uh, the uh, the need to enhance um, uh, fast speed broadband services uh, as, as a major economic development driver. But as really it is becoming and has become just a, a, a fundamental um, uh, infrastructure need, nearly as important as as electrical and gas service and and, and transportation. So. Uh, we really uh, uh, view it that way, and, and know that if we're going to be um, a leader in healthcare innovation and uh, a leader in economic development efforts that support healthcare and the life sciences, that uh, we have to provide that uh, that infrastructure, um, and and that will really set us apart. We believe uh, it certainly uh, put us on par, and really uh, we believe set us apart from. Um, uh, other parts of the country so that we can compete in, a, in what is now a global economy. It clearly is a global co- economy. We, we compete across the uh, the, the world, not, uh, not just against our, our, our neighboring states.
1: Mm-hmm. Was it much of an effort to get all of the various stakeholders uh, together and on the same page? Because when you talk about any large area whether we're talking a group of you know a large group of small towns or we're talking about a big town that you have lots of you know factions and the term herding cats kind of gets thrown about frequently um well one you know again was it easy to bring various people together and get them on the same page and then how do you keep them on the same page as you start to move this this project forward
0: yeah, I mean obviously that's that's always um a challenge. I I think in our case um it was made somewhat easier by the fact that uh truly it was at the top leadership levels of our major partner institutions uh that identified this as a critical need and and recognized uh that it really Uh, was necessary to implement to move forward their own individual mission. So Mm -hmm. once you get the buy-in at the top leadership levels, that uh, makes it uh, uh, an easier task. Uh, But, you know, that uh, that doesn't mean that uh, challenges still uh, uh, don't exist. So the first step after getting that buy-in from the senior leadership was really to Uh, engage with uh, uh, a firm to do a a needs assessment. And uh, we engaged with uh, Fujitsu Network Communications uh, to do the needs assessment. They came in, brought a a team uh, of of experts that uh, then drilled down into the, uh, the, the CIO levels, the chief information officer level, uh, the informatic uh, professionals within the hospitals and, and the universities to uh, identify their their current uh, structure, their their current capacity. Uh, they um, assessed the uh, availability of of service and and fiber and and broadband throughout um, the entire uh, district, and uh, that that needs assessment was. Um, uh, a critical uh, first step. And, and again, uh, we did have uh, good buy-in and got good participation uh, a- at those levels because we had the support of, of the top leadership. These are still competing institutions, though, and there's always uh, concern about um, uh, giving up too much information or is, you know, my my neighbor going to find out. You know, some kind of competitive advantage that I have. So, you know, you, you clearly have to um, to overcome that. Uh, you have to build the the trust uh, in in what uh, your what your your objectives are. And you know, we fortunately uh, was able to uh, build that trust and and really. Uh, engage w- with the, the senior leadership, and, and, and it was so important to do that as the as first step. Um, but, uh, you know, so we've completed that part, and, and now we are embarking upon uh, implementation. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how do you ex- uh,
1: plan to, on an ongoing basis, keep all of those uh, parts together? And I, I bring this up in, in large part because there are a number of Uh, communities and entities involved with multi-jurisdictional projects. Now, you're obviously one jurisdiction, but as I mentioned before, when you have any large number of entities involved, there's a lot of self-interest and different moving parts. And there have been some interesting uh, stories about the challenges of keeping these folks together. I know that uh, in, in Maryland, for example, uh, the governor basically mandated that there would be, you know, stakeholder meetings um, uh, at, at some interval of time. They would take place, and there would be severe consequences if you didn't show up. Now, obviously, you know, the governor can do that kind of stuff, but it does bring up the question: you know, how, how do you, you know, how do you keep all these parts moving in a generally forward direction?
0: Yes, yeah, so a couple of things that, that we've done. Uh, first of all, we have established uh, uh, working groups at the, uh, at, at the chief information officer level uh, where we convene uh, that team from uh, among the various uh, institutions on a regular basis just to keep them uh, informed as to uh, the progress. Uh, but we also uh, meet quarterly with the uh, CEOs of the hospitals and uh, the, the top uh, leadership of the uh, medical universities. Uh, again, just to keep them uh, up to date on, on our activities as well as get feedback on uh, their new initiatives. So it, it is it's really about communication. If, if, you, if you keep uh, everyone in the loop um, and be very transparent about uh, what is happening, sharing the same information across uh, uh, all institutions uh, you you can build that um, you you build that trust and and again the the main idea is just to, to keep uh, your eye on the ball, focus on uh, the uh, the bigger uh, objective and and point out every step of the way how you are uh, uh, achieving that objective and, and that's been a successful formula for us.
1: Mm-hmm. So in terms of you know some of the specific goals, uh, I would assume that you could probably put them into well several categories but two in particular. One is improved healthcare delivery uh, and and the second might be or is. Um, Improve, improving the the area economy, starting with the healthcare service delivery side, what are some of the advances or advantages that you expect to come from this initiative in terms of healthcare service delivery?
0: Yeah, so you know the the healthcare delivery system is um, undergoing a significant transformation uh, right now. It's really an exciting time to be uh, in, in healthcare delivery uh, with the advent of the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. Uh, it, it is different, it is definitely a, a different day. Uh, we also see that uh, improving health outcomes is largely going to be driven by the ability uh, to enhance research, and that enhanced research is going to be driven primarily by the ability to aggregate um, patient data and be able to analyze that patient data uh, over a very large platform. And there's certainly, you do not have the ability to do that aggregation and analysis if you don't have the adequate uh, infrastructure, so mm-hmm. we really see this network that we are employing as the uh, the basis for being able to uh, deliver the type of tools uh, that can do that research and uh, improve health outcomes. And it's not just for the four hospitals. Uh, within the medical district and in, in our uh, two associated medical universities. The other real important aspect of this network is it, it's not just going to be uh, a hub for our 560 acres. We will have uh, points of contact uh, into other networks such as um, uh, Starlight, which connects a number of the major academic research centers uh, in uh, the, the entire Chicagoland area, uh, another network access to iWire, which is a more of an Illinois-based uh, uh, network that operates uh, statewide, as well as the Illinois Century Network. So once we have established our internal network and provide those connection points, we will literally be able to share data uh, share research and do analytical research uh, anywhere uh, a- across um, uh, the world, and, and that's that's the, uh, the that's the ultimate goal, and it, that will be a, you know, a- again that'll be a game changer for uh, Illinois for the uh, Chicago region in healthcare and for the Illinois Medical District.
1: So in essence, this is a um a, a local project with global implications
0: yeah it, it absolutely uh, that is absolutely uh, correct um, you know it, it, Chicago has a, a, a tremendous amount of of, of assets uh, and when uh, we provide the ability uh, to connect and aggregate and and uh, share uh, our independent uh, Resources in a in a collective effort. Uh, you know we can compete with uh, any healthcare system, any uh, innovation system, uh, anywhere in the world. I mean, you know, everyone knows about uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Everyone knows about the Silicon Valley, uh, Cleveland Clinic, uh, Houston, um, and and even medical advances and. In countries such as Singapore, uh, uh, Ireland, across the globe, but once we provide that um, connectivity and, and access um, globally, uh, Chicago can can be um, a major force and, and and can be competitive with with any other place uh, in the globe.
1: Mm-hmm. So let's diverge for a second and talk about uh, the economic development. Uh, impact because like I said you know earlier um, people can see readily the connection between you know you bring in high-speed network you tie these facilities together and then magic stuff happens in the, in the world of, of healthcare and healthcare research and so forth but they may not necessarily like easily see the connection to the, the economy where do you see the economy being impacted
0: yeah, so you know, Chicago traditionally has had a, a diverse uh, economy, uh, but it, it was traditionally grounded in, in manufacturing, uh, as is much of the as the Midwest. So, uh, Chicago is in the process of reidentifying uh, itself uh, in terms of, of major uh, economic sector uh, leaders. And we recognize the, the life sciences and, and healthcare care uh, sector as uh, one key part of that um, reengineered uh, economic base. Uh, we like uh, many other parts of the United States, are facing um, uh, an, an aging population that is going to be more and more dependent upon uh, uh, health care access and the need to have uh, improved delivery of healthcare as well as, as new discovery, uh, not only in drugs but in uh, medical devices and diagnostics, and that is going to be driven in, in large part, again, by health information technology. So it, it's really part of a, of a broader uh, effort uh, from an economic development uh, standpoint uh, to uh, continue the diversity of our economy, but also providing uh, critical uh, services that um, that our population uh, is going to uh, is going to demand going forward. Do you think
1: that the that the uh, these new services will help with population retention? Which, if you're a rural community looking at this idea of you know creating a similar kind of district. Uh, they have a serious issue of people retainment. I mean, just it is what it is, but can this, the, in, in your opinion, reverse that? Can it get more people to stay in the area? Can it get more people to come to an area to live and
0: work? Yeah, I, I, I definitely think it it can because, uh, it, again, as, uh, as our population uh, matures, uh, access, uh, to health care is going to be uh, even more uh, of a critical need. At, at the same time, the, the delivery of that uh, health care is, is changing. It's becoming uh, more decentralized. There's less of a focus on uh, longer-term hospital stays uh, with more of a focus on community-based um, uh, health care delivery uh, at the patient level, at the personalized medicine level that, again, is largely going to be driven uh, by technology, uh, the use of um, uh, smartphones, the ability to connect to a network, to be able to communicate with your physician, your primary caregiver. Um, So any kind, any place, any region uh, that recognizes that changing face of delivery uh, and gets out in front of it uh, it is, is definitely going to be uh, a magnet for uh for population to uh, stay uh, in that area so uh, our challenges certainly are different than than those of uh, uh rural areas, but uh, you know it people will migrate to where uh, the highest quality of of service uh, is provided and uh, this this infrastructure that we're putting putting in place um, will provide that uh, very type of environment. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you have um, economic development folks on your planning team? Uh,
0: yeah, so you know we work very closely with um, economic development. Uh, organizations uh, with the the city of Chicago and and with um, uh, Cook County. Uh, there's World Business Chicago, which is the the city's uh, primary public-private um, uh, arm for for economic development. Um, yeah, and you know I, I've been involved in, in that network for uh, for many years, and um, so you know we we definitely. Interact, and it, it has to be um, a collaborative effort.
1: Because mm-hmm. I think that um, you know, one of the uh, one of the questions in the survey of, of economic, the economic development folks that, that I took, you know, asked the question about do you have folks from the medical community on their planning teams, which a majority did. Um, I, I think it was still a little you know disconcerting that there was a sizable chunk of folks who did not have people, and maybe, you know, they don't have a huge uh, medical, you know, community presence in their particular towns. But at the same time, I think that um, if, if you're an economic development person and you're re- tasked with being responsible for broadband, you have to look beyond, you know, how do we use this network to just draw and keep businesses, and And not think specifically about where the medical community falls into the picture yeah you know, you know, I mean that make that makes sense
0: yeah, it does uh I mean, just speaking from my own personal experience here in the medical district uh, uh, when I came here uh twenty seven months ago, uh mm-hmm. we have a lot of uh of vacant land that's available uh for development and you know, we're, again, uh, just an extension of the, of the business central business district of the city. And at, at that time, we had uh, 55 acres of, of vacant land that was available for development. So my initial thought was, you know, this is going to be uh, a huge real estate development uh, opportunity, uh, albeit around uh, health care, uh, life sciences and, and support services to uh, the uh, to the to our major partners the hospitals and universities uh, but as we got into it more i I quickly be, learned uh, the, the 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 greater opportunity that if if we were able to bring together uh, the, the these hospitals and universities in a in a coordinated role to uh, improve healthcare innovation, that the, the longer-term economic development impact would be more greatly realized through those efforts than it would be just through the, uh, the, the basic uh, real estate um, development. So that, that really uh, changed my, my thinking and then uh, further reinforced uh, the need to, 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 to provide that kind of coordination. You have to have the, the basic infrastructure, and, and particularly uh, around uh, uh, access to, to super fast uh, broadband.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, one of the things that I have uh, talked about in some of my presentations is the fact that when you're lining up stakeholders and planning these broadband networks, to pay attention to the real estate folks that are in the community, because I view them as, number one, a source of information about where, you know, the potential people who will live in your community or the businesses that will come to your community, they typically have a a handle on what's important to those folks, right? Because they're meeting with them all the time and they're seeing what they're, you know, putting on the checklist of what's important. So there is a valuable uh, data gathering exercise that can come with working with your real estate folks. And then conversely, as you start to put these programs into play, uh you want to be able either the you know on the medical community side or the economic development professional side to work with the real estate folks to make sure they're getting the word out because they're proactively looking at bringing business in i mean that's how they make a living so that that role of the real estate agent be it commercial or, or residential you know and it sounds like you folks are tapping into that right
0: yeah yeah we really are um so, you know, just a, I think I can illustrate that best uh, by talking a little bit more about uh, the medical district. So, we are essentially a very institutional-based uh, uh, campus. We are uh, a commuter-based uh, campus. There, there are 30,000 people uh, that work in the medical district. There are 8,000 medical students. Uh, there are literally 50,000 people uh, coming in uh, every single day uh, to receive uh, medical uh, care, but in those cases, they're essentially coming in to to work, go to school, or receive medical care, and then going uh, uh, back um, to to their their, their their residence. One of the things that we uh, lack, and again, this was came out very. Uh, Clear in our strategic plan and was a recognized need uh, among the the leadership of our major partners uh, said, you know, we need to provide more community-based amenities that uh, will retain uh, people uh, in the district, provide a place for people uh, to gather. So we uh, have embarked upon uh, a major mixed use development of, of ten acres that literally sits in the shadows of the of the four hospitals and, and two universities that will provide uh, hotel space uh, that's going to provide uh, medical office and laboratory uh, life science space that's going to have restaurants and, and retail um, housing opportunities for young professionals that are uh, completing their degrees or, or serving uh, their residencies at, at, at the hospitals. And, you know, those, you got to have those kind of amenities and that can only be uh, achieved by working with uh, the real estate community and the, and the real estate uh, uh, developers. So we're currently evaluating uh, proposals that we received from uh, uh, a, a request for proposal. We call it the, the gateway real estate uh, development. We hope to uh, and, and in fact plan to have a, a development team uh, in place by uh, mid-July that will um, actually begin this, what we anticipate to be a million square feet of, of development of these community amenities that I uh, earlier uh, describe probably in the neighborhood of a 250 to 300 million dollar um, development that will provide um, significant numbers of, of construction, but also permanent jobs. But then really provide that longer term uh, base to to help retain uh, people and, and provide those necessary uh, amenities uh, here uh, in the district. So that, I think that's a Kind of a long answer, uh, but I think it it it's really illustrates uh, your point uh, of the need to to keep all the pieces uh, and bring all the pieces together in a, in a coordinated effort mm-hmm.
1: interesting i want to I want to go let's see lord there's so many things to talk about some days um, let's start with um, going back a little bit, dialing back to talk about. The, um, the funding and how this project got off the ground from that perspective. And as a matter of uh, context, uh, earlier today I had a conversation with an uh, electric co-op, and we had a very interesting discussion about the role of money. Because, you know, when you look at the most common barrier, the thing that slows down projects the most there's the issue of money, how are we going to pay for this thing and so those folks at the co op bark um, electric co op in uh, virginia uh there there's some interesting points there, but I want to get an idea of where you know how you guys got to the to the point of being funded and and how you expect to maintain the financial sustainability of the network
0: uh sure uh, you know I really have been. Uh, It's been tremendous to have the uh, strong, strong support of the uh, governor of Illinois, uh, Pat Quinn. Uh, Before he was governor, he was the lieutenant governor and actually uh, chaired the Illinois Broadband Council. And he has been a a champion for uh, increased access to broadband services uh, for uh, well over uh, a decade. And and then when he became uh, governor in uh, 2009, one of the things that uh, he was able to get accomplished was uh, uh, funding for a a major capital construction program. That is something that had been lacking in the state of Illinois uh, for uh, the the prior 10 years. That also dovetailed very nicely uh, with President Obama's uh, emphasis on um, reinvestment in, 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 in infrastructure and capital through what was known at the time as the ARA program, A R R A, American uh, Act. So, one one key component of of that federal program was um, uh, funding for broadband services. So, in the governor's uh, capital construction program, he carved out <clears throat> a large component. Uh, for matching funds uh, to support those kind of projects, and <clears throat> excuse me, actually Illinois uh, did quite well uh, as a state uh, to uh, in getting funding to establish uh, networks uh, both in urban uh, in uh, local areas. but that effort has continued uh, even after the expiration of, of the federal program, and uh, the governor then took funding that was uh, remaining and left over and established what was known as the Gigabit uh, Challenge Communities. Uh, So there has been and there still is uh, some funding, uh, grant-level funding available from the state to uh, uh, put in and develop these kind of networks, and uh, that is the, the, the source of funding Uh, that we've been able to uh, access and uh, will fund almost in in whole uh, the the entire deployment uh, of the project, including uh, laying the fiber, buying the equipment, lighting up the network, doing the testing. So uh, I I really have to commend um, Governor Quinn for his foresight and and, and commitment to uh, this type of infrastructure. Well,
1: it sounds like you have a friend there in the uh, in the governor's office, and, and looking at other states, a number of them, Massachusetts uh, being being another, have have done very well because of um, the governor's involvement and the governor's ability to move obstacles. Out of the way, and and you know, I mean, not in a negative way, but basically, there's a lot of you know trying to get all these stakeholders on the same page. I mean, that was the thing in in Maryland where the governor basically said, you know what, we're bringing all these stakeholders together, and there are consequences for not uh, being at these meetings. So, so clearly, that that governor's role is something that I think, you know, you tell me, but for major projects of this type. Uh, <clears throat> being able to call upon the governor is a big deal. It, it is a very, you know, significant to the success of the project.
0: Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And, uh, again, I mean, the, the district um, had not been living up or realizing uh, its potential, uh, and, and it was largely due to the, Uh, the the united leadership of of the governmental officials that uh, provided uh, this opportunity. Uh, We didn't know at the time that um, broadband was going to be a a big need in the Illinois Medical District. One would have thought that probably quite the opposite, but uh, it wasn't the case, and and once uh, that need was identified, uh, it it certainly helped uh, to have a uh, a champion in the, in the governor's office, uh, who was already very um, uh, up to speed and, and, and consistent in uh, his uh, message and, and agenda to provide uh, those kind of services. So it it um, it, it was it, it it's one of those things that that came together at at, at the right time and with the right type of uh, leadership. But you're absolutely right; it's critically important. We wouldn't be able to do what we're doing if if we did not have that funding support from Governor Quinn. Mm -hmm.
1: And I'm pretty sure that uh, that will continue. Um, Let's talk about another aspect of politics, right? So on the one hand, um, it is necessary to cultivate uh, relationships with the political establishment, both at a local and a state level and even at the federal level. But at the same time, you also have I mean, you, the general you, have to worry about what happens when the uh, political winds change, what happens when new administrations come in and so forth. How does an organization, uh, I don't know, run run that fine line between cultivating political support and not becoming a victim of political support when things change?
0: Well, you do that by demonstrating... uh good, solid outcomes and uh, by delivering um, on projects uh, such as deployment of this fiber optic network that that has true significant economic development impact that leads to to job creation, uh, that that leads to uh, economic opportunities, that leads to connectivity not only within the district but will lead to connectivity For businesses um, outside of our own uh, geographic boundaries that will be able to to tie into the network, Um, it it, it, it just it just comes down to to uh, doing a a good job and and delivering on the kind of services that your uh, your 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 constituent partners. uh, are demanding. So obviously, elections happen and, and leadership changes uh, occur. But as long as you're taking care of, of the fundamentals uh, and, and doing a good job in uh, administering um, your, your various programs and, and, and leading to uh, creating jobs that provide uh, revenues for for all levels. Uh, of, of government, those those sort of things will take care of themselves. So uh, you know I, I just try to not get uh, uh, bogged down in, in, in that sort of thought process and and, and again, just uh, keeping our eye on the longer term uh, picture. Uh, you know we this strategic planning effort was uh, uh, very useful. It, it identified, Uh, the direction it identified, the roadmap uh, for us to follow. So any project, uh, any idea, any program uh, that comes to us uh, gets uh, filtered uh, through that lens. And as long as we are um, uh, employing projects, programs, whatever, that are consistent with, with that a roadmap uh, will be successful and I think any um, any governmental leader that comes along um, later uh, you know would would recognize that it would be uh, not a, a good idea for a lot of different reasons to change that direction.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a question from one of the audience. Um, is there much interaction between your group and the Um, Health Information Management Systems Society?
0: Um, I don't know about that that, that as a specific entity, but uh, the state of Illinois does have a health information uh, exchange. Uh, There are a couple of regional health information uh, exchanges, um, one uh, led by the um, uh, Metropolitan Chicago Healthcare uh, Council uh, we definitely have um, interaction uh, with them. Uh, we are um, active in uh, you know, recruiting uh, membership uh, for those health information exchanges. Um, so there, there is a, a coordinating uh, role and there is a, a cooperative role, which will only be enhanced again by the deployment of this uh, of this network throughout our district. Okay.
1: All right, that makes sense. Um, One of the areas that I have recommended that folks look at in terms of, uh, you know, trying to find money for projects is to look at all the ways their broadband project can stimulate uh, winning research grants for community. To start with, how huge can that potentially be you know like what kind of dollar volumes are we talking as far as you know major university and slash industry research projects? what kind of dollars can a community you know be looking at?
0: Yeah again, it's um, it, it's a real uh, lucrative area right now in in healthcare and, and I, I can provide a a, a very uh, concrete example so as as part of the Affordable Care Act, uh, there was an entity created called the Patient-Centered Outcome Research Institute, acronym PCORI, P-C-O-R-I, um, and it's actually funded through um, assessments on uh, health insurance policies. And, and they are um, a, a leading entity right now at the federal level in providing dollars for um, healthcare uh, research and, and really as, as the name implies focused on improving health outcomes at the patient um, level. One of the um, uh, funding opportunities that they made available uh, last summer was a creation of a, a clinical uh, data research networks. Um, so we found out about that opportunity and uh, it, it was not an, an uh, it had some pretty high uh, benchmarks. You had to enroll a minimum of a million uh, patient clients into the network, uh, had to include at least two different uh, medical uh, systems. What we found that was that there were two or three sort of competing uh, consortiums being put together in the, in the city of Chicago. Uh, And we knew that if there were multiple applications, it would dilute our overall uh, success in in being funded because there were only going to be eight of these networks uh, funded throughout the entire country. So we were able to successfully bring together uh, the ten major academic medical uh, research uh, universities in the Chicagoland region uh, and convinced everyone to support a, a single application. Uh, which, um, which did occur and which was funded. We received $7 million of, of funding. Um, there are now uh, 11 of these nodes that uh, have been funded nationally by uh, PCORI with the idea that at the end of the 18-month period, these uh, regional networks will be uh, tied together and, and provide a national platform uh, for research. Uh, to improve uh, patient um, outcomes. Uh, other entities such as the National Institute for Health, the National Science Foundation, um, there still is uh, robust funding uh, available. We, we hope that uh, it continues to be uh, made available. We certainly uh, impress that upon uh, our members of Congress and United States senators. Um, and, and we, we are a- again seeking uh, some additional funding support. So you have to stay on top of, of those uh, uh, opportunities. And, and, and again, in, in healthcare right now is is one where uh, dollars are available, and, and we're certainly going to take uh, advantage of, of every one of those opportunities to continue to improve our competitive advantage.
1: As well, you should. <laughs> Thank you. you know that's um, and like I said. You know before before the show started, it's kind of a tedious process, but there is value to it. And again, you know when, when people are, are are casting around trying to figure out where they're going to get money to build a network, and we can't start because we don't have money. Looking at things differently can make a big uh, difference. And, and that's going to let me segue into what'll probably be the last point here, major point, because we, we're about six seven minutes to go. Um, and that is how people think about networks and the task or the goal is trying to be achieved uh, and this was a topic on my last uh, show and, and and by that, I mean uh, you know we talk about you know building a broadband network to uh, draw on a business that can bring in a thousand jobs. but that's a somewhat old schooled way of old school way of looking at economic development. Should we be looking at how can broadband change? The way that people earn a living, how they sustain themselves financially, and so forth. You no, know, and and it changes the nature of the discussion, and it changes the outcome that you're trying to achieve. And so I thought about that, you know, that change your way of thinking, you know, in in, in a medical sense, right? We talk about, um, you know, these these broadband networks helping seniors to be able to live alone longer, you know, as one of the benefits of the network. But wouldn't it be better to look at the network as a way to enable seniors to change their their whole environment and have a greater health impact, a positive health impact, because they're changing their entire environment? Is that kind of thinking prevalent in, in your group, you know, that thinking outside of the box? You know, and is that a valid point? You know, that we should be thinking really differently as we try to figure out the goals for these networks. And you got five minutes.
0: Thank you. Yeah, you, you absolutely do have to think um, uh, differently, uh, particularly again in the uh, in the healthcare sector, because uh, you know the the focus uh, is on the individual. Uh, and the personalized medicine uh, and the ability to deliver that service um, at at the uh, home base, at community base, um, to do exactly as you suggest, to to let uh, people uh, be more independent. um, And, I mean, delivery of health care is much less expensive when it can be done at that individual level Uh, in a decentralized environment as opposed to uh, having to provide um, acute care in a hospital or or some type of long-term facility. So uh, I I know that in the healthcare industry, everyone is really being challenged right now to figure out uh, how to provide that kind of of service uh, at a decentralized uh, level Uh, But it it can only be done if and when the technology is available uh, to support uh, that kind of uh, delivery. And so we do see that as a a significant um, tool uh, and goal of of putting this uh, network in place um, because it will have the capacity uh, to provide connectivity, Uh, to communities beyond uh, our geographic um, boundaries. And and clearly, you know, at at that level, you don't need the 100 gigabit speed. Uh, We do definitely need that for our our hospitals and our our researchers and our clinicians. Uh, But having the access uh, is going to be critical. And, you know, I know that the the hospital leadership and the university leadership spend a great deal of time thinking about this and, and frankly, probably worrying about this, about how, you know, we're going to position uh, our institutions to meet the ever-changing healthcare delivery that um, the system uh, is is going to require. Uh, So, you know, it's a changing – it'll change the face of of the medical district, Um, but, again, we think that we're – uh, getting out in front of it and, and establishment of this network uh, will be a, a, a key component uh, to address those uh, changes and those challenges uh, going forward.
1: Okay. So in, in wrapping, um, what's your your next big milestone? We can put this under a minute.
0: Yeah, so we're actually just finishing up our, our business case uh, and doing the design engineering uh, of where the the route of the actual fiber uh, will be. We'll start installing that fiber here in, in the next um, few weeks and hope to have the network uh, uh, lit up uh, by the end of the calendar year or early in 2015. So it will be a very
1: happy new year indeed.
0: It will. It will be a good Christmas and new year. <laughs>
1: Excellent. Well, I want to thank you, uh, Warren, for taking time to be with us and to give us insights from the project and beyond. I mean, I think there was a lot of there are a lot of good points here about telemedicine, and broadband, and economic development, as we promised, uh, that that people really need to be taking a serious look at. And so, you know, thank you for for showing us the way uh, in in that respect. And as you progress and this thing expands, you know, definitely would like to get you back on the show in a few months to talk about, you know, where you are in uh, 2015
0: We'd welcome that opportunity, and thanks so much. Uh, we want to always welcome the opportunity to spread the news about the Illinois Medical District. Hallelujah day.
1: All right, folks, thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate the support. Uh, have a good day, and we'll talk again soon.
0: Thank you.